It's the biggest WTF movie to ever WTF. <laughs> I mean, did you? It, excuse me. Did you like it at all? I did. Okay. I weirdly did. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fliction, the top five podcast. This week, in honor of The Lobster, starring Colin Farrell, gaining all kinds of buzz from critics and, and opening wide across America, we are counting down our top five WTF movies. Movies that you watch and you're just left saying WTF. <laughs> uh, dramatic pause. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, any stipulations? I think that pretty much... Anything qualifies. It can be a scene. It can be a whole movie. It can be weird. It can be anything you want it to be. If it makes you say WTF, I think it qualifies, eh? Uh, I made the stipulation. Like, there's a lot of things that can make you say WTF, like twists. Uh, since we were doing it in the spirit of the lobster, I picked full movies that I was like, WTF am I watching right now? I did so, the same thing, actually. Because, just because, because it, you could say WTF for like The Sixth Sense. WTF, he's right. a ghost. And that's legit, <laughs> I mean, but... but yeah. I picked, they're basically really weird movies. Um, good. I'm glad we did that because I think you can, we can stem off about five lists from this list, right? which I would like to talk about down the road. We can do, you know, ambiguous endings, yeah. uh, scenes for, for this. Yeah. I also stuck to the entire movie. Good call. Um, so good. that should work out in our favor. I also intentionally left off like sci-fi movies, horror movies, because there are plenty of horror movies where it's like, whoa. Right. You know, yeah. mind blown. Right. You know, little things like that. I also left off ambiguous, well, not ambiguous, but like trick ending movies or like basically like a movie like The Sixth Sense or right. Fight Club. Right. You know, I might have them on my list because I want to give them a shout out because, you know, you definitely finish those movies and you're like, wow, I need to watch that again. You know. Right. So I'm sticking it. The movies I'm sticking with in my top five are movies that were completely ambiguous that I was like, what, you know, basically what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except for my number five, it's more of a, how could they do this kind of a thing? But you'll get it when I bring it up. Well, let's find out. <laughs> Jacob, your number five WTF movie of all time. My number five WTF movie is return to Oz 1985. Yeah, oh my gosh. Baruch Assault. I completely forgot about yeah, that movie. Feruza, yes. Feruza bulk. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you, have you ever heard of this, Rach? Have you seen it? Because it's kind of one of those that's right up your alley in nope. a way. Because <laughs> isn't it, it just is. kind of campy, right? It is campy. All right, let me let me at least try and explain the the description for it. Dorothy, saved from a psychiatric experiment by a mysterious girl, is somehow called back to Oz when a vain witch and the Gnome King destroy everything that makes the magical land beautiful. Now, what I was hoping we would kind of give a little bit more of was that. The uh, this movie gave us the Wheelers, and the Wheelers are kind of like. Did you see? Uh, oh, the Dark Crystal, where you had like the Skeksis that scared the shit out of like all the kids yeah. in the eighties. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Wheelers also did that. The Wheelers were oh, okay. scary as hell. This is supposed to be a kids movie, and basically, it's it's men. I mean, these are actual you know stunt actors who their hands are joined together like a bicycle, like at a wheel. And their back legs are on a wheel, so they're kind of scooting around That's back really and forth. Creepy. Yeah, from the, you know, and their hands and their feet are always on the ground because they're on wheelers, but yet they still stand up on their hind legs as they sometimes you know go into character. But yeah. when they chase you, it's in these, you know, this in that 
that body stance of the of the Wheeler format. You have to come out sooner or later, and when you do, we'll tear you into little pieces and throw you in the deadly desert. I haven't done anything to you. Isn't that a stolen lunch bail in your hand? Isn't that a chicken in there with you? The Gnome King doesn't allow chickens anywhere in Oz. Who's the Gnome King? Who is the Gnome King? And in the entire time, it's like, it, it's just, um, well, that part's scary. Now, when it you get scary. into like all the, uh, you know, they try and replay elements from, you know, the Wizard, Wizard of, of Oz. Oz. So they want to have their, their Tin Man, their Scarecrow, and uh, the Lion. But instead they have, oh, let's see, Jack with the giant pumpkin head. Yeah. You've got the, the metal war, called, t- war character called TikTok. Mm-hmm. Who's kind of like uh, oh what's that art movement where they with all the clocks? And, oh yeah, is um, that impressionist? I don't know. No, I just no, made no. That um, <laughs> it was the first art era. I thought. <laughs> Shoot. It's, 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 it's basically all that. It's kind of like all that metal engravings. And I know what super, you're talking about. You know, de- you know, defined. Anyway, so you have that TikTok character, and then there's another one where it's a where it's a, a moose head attached to a couch. With broom legs that flies, and they all get on it and fly around, but like they get lost in this this desert. And if you touch the, if your body touches this desert, you know you turn into the sand. I mean, it's it's some very scary elements for a kid, and the acting is bad. The storyline's terrible. Like the yeah. queen is also scary. This this uh, the, her name's Mombi, and she's also like this. I don't know, like this this witch, and the idea is that she was supposed to be a nurse at this psych ward. But she has a head. That, she removes her head and replaces it with multiple other heads that she that. keeps in cabinets. Yeah. And you see this stuff in the yeah. movie, and it's just like what's insane. Yeah, it's like they're they're like on an acid trip while they were making this. It's movie. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And but the story is just weird enough for you to be like, man, like I I don't I, I won't forget so many elements in this. I I've, I've seen it multiple times, you know, throughout the years. Have I mean, you? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I bet I saw it uh, in the last five years, but that's probably the first time I'd seen it in twenty. Yeah, it was enough to be like, oh my gosh, I forgot about so much of this because it was on Netflix for a while. Hmm. If you ever run across it, give it a shot. It's worth watching. It's just... it's not for everybody. No, it's certainly not for movie elitists. I mean, I think I gave it a three. I did. It's a bad movie, but it's such an interesting, weird movie that it's worth watching. It's the campy part of it. Yeah. I remember I watched it with my ex girlfriend Holly liked it for some reason, which is not really. Maybe she saw it when she was a kid, you know. Oh, that's, Maybe like that's I, a weird choice for even, Holly. I know. Even, it's even really though weird. I gave it a three, I still kind of like it, but it's terrible. Yeah, it's it's hard not to watch. But so we we're watching. I remember watching with her, and about halfway through, she's like, "You want to just mess around?" So we just started messing around. <laughs> so I have a pretty good memory of her. <laughs> Well, that's a good story, Brandon. Hi, Misty. <laughs> she listens to every episode my current fiance does. So. Uh, uh, Rachel, your number five WTF movie of all time. We kind of discussed it a little bit, in, or at least got mentioned in the last episode, but it's Tusk. Kevin Smith's Tusk. That is, I'm so glad you remembered this one because it was so freaking weird. So freaking weird. So basically, it's the story of... This podcast host, which is part of the reason that I chose it. Nice, good choice. Um, but he ends up going. I think there's something else happening. But basically, is this he ends up staying. Justin Long. Justin yeah. Long. Okay. He ends up 
going on this road trip and he runs into this guy that says that he can live in his house and he has all these interesting stories. And that's kind of what he does on his podcast is tell interesting stories. So he's like, well, I got to check this out. I just got to do it. So this guy tells him basically it didn't like a a walrus save his life or something like that. And it was his best friend. Yes, he's got a walrus that's the best friend. It saved his life back when he was like a Navy commander or something like everybody else died. And this walrus saved him on the boat or whatever it was. So this guy would never happen. The dude's obviously obsessed (laughs) with walruses like in a weird way. Yeah. So... Justin Long, he like is staying there and the guy drugs him and Justin Long wakes up, I think, with his legs missing first, maybe? Yeah. Missing or, so or sewn gross. together. I, I, I think they were care. missing. I think, they, I were think missing. they were missing. I think they were missing. So basically what happens is this guy slowly turns him into a walrus with like pieces of other people's skin. He makes him into this he makes a walrus suit. I've yeah. seen I've seen pictures it. of it. This guy wants to turn me into an animal or something. He's fucking nuts. You gotta please come. Please, 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 please. I don't know where he is, but I'm somewhere. I'm in his weird fucking house. I'm like, I'm like two hours from Winnipeg. I'm so fucking scared. I'm so scared I'm not gonna see you again. I'm sorry, I was such an asshole. I heard really good things before the movie came out. Like there was a lot of buzz about this Kevin Smith movie coming out. Yeah. And then I later found out that everyone was really disappointed in it. It looks like on the average, both the critics and the fans are giving it like about a five. And that's about, that's right. about where I would yeah. end up Ultimately, on it. And all I ever hear is you have to see the transformation. So the I transformation is, is disgusting. So, so I finally pulled up the pics and I was like, that is disgusting. It's, it's nasty. It's disgusting. Yeah. Like hard to watch. We watch horror movies all the time and it was one of the grossest things. It's really I've gross, seen. and it was, and I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be. Obviously, it's supposed to be disgusting. But I don't know if it's supposed to be kind of funny too. I think it was supposed to be because like his friends so come to that, find him, yeah. and remember there's a whole be- side plot with Johnny Depp that shows up. Yeah, that was freaking, really strange. He, out of nowhere, Johnny <laughs> Depp that. shows up, and he's playing some quirky Johnny Depp character yep. with some weird voice as an investigator. It, it was weird. The whole and, movie is WTF. And you know, the first third of the movie, like the setup, was yeah, funny yeah. and cool and interesting. But once I got to the walrus shit, I lost a lot of interest. Oh, it was so gross. It was really gross. Yep, WTF. Task. Good choice. My number five um, WTF movie of all time. I mentioned his name uh, in our last podcast, talking about the lobster. A guy that I think sometimes just... Tries to be weird for weirdness sake. Tries to be artsy and pretentious. Tries to just throw some crap on a wall and see what sticks and makes people try to figure it out. I'm talking about David Lynch. How about, yep. Now, people love this guy. I mean, we are movie elitists here. But sometimes I just can't. I, I don't buy the hype. And that's how I am a lot of times with David Lynch. I like Blue Velvet. I'll, I'll go on record as saying I like, don't love Blue Velvet. But Mulholland Drive is a cult classic. My number five is Mulholland Drive. Right. Cult classic. And see, and I've, have any of y'all ever watched Twin Peaks? I haven't. Have you, I've never seen Eraserhead. 
I tried and tried to watch Twin Peaks, but I just couldn't. Because that is a, apparently a huge cult show. It, it is, yeah. and I thought that I would love it, but no. Couldn't get into it. No. I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Eraserhead. I haven't seen Blue Velvet. I've only seen Mulholland Drive. And Go ahead, though. <laughs> I, I just don't like it. I just don't buy the hype. There, there are good elements in the movie. There definitely, and he's got some talent as a director and, and as far as shooting his films and things like that. And he, he definitely creates some images that are hard to forget. But and ultimately... You can't even, and you can't even describe them because what, what do they even mean? Yeah, I'm, exactly. And I'm thinking of the guy, That's, the garbage the, man guy. Yes, the garbage man guy. Or the, Whatever the cowboy was. with no eyebrows that has this whole like speech. But end up, at the end of the... Look, I can, off the top of my head, if I wanted to write a character that uh, he was green... And he talked like a Romanian, and they called him the Grasshopper. And he works at a video store, a pornographic video store. And and at night he turns into a grasshopper. Okay, that's weird, right? Did you just make that up? Yeah, I made it, <laughs> but it makes no sense. But that's the kind of shit I think David Lynch does. And everybody's like, "Oh shit." The Romanian pornographic grasshopper that's so deep. No, it's stupid. I feel like that's like when I'm watching Mulholland Drive, I feel like that's what I'm watching. I feel like I'm watching a guy who is almost just flipping the bird to the audience. And a lot of the audience while is maybe elitist. Yeah, while tripping acid. And they just lap it up. And I just, I hate Mulholland Drive for that. That, look, I need, I don't need everything spelled out to me. I'm smart. I can figure things out. But when you questionable, just, <laughs> but when you He's just a senile old of, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's all makes sense to me. <laughs> but that's why I was the Mulholland Drive. Besides the scene where Naomi Watts gets it on with the brunette, that was pretty cool. I could watch that again. <laughs> but besides that, I, I just don't buy the hype. People love it. I don't care. It was weird. It made no sense. Uh, I remember somebody like singing like Roy Orbison, like. Uh, it was just, just weird things happen. The the actresses were playing different parts. And if you go to any message board, all the elitists will back it up and say, like, well, you're not supposed to understand. I mean, well, whatever. Screw you. I didn't yeah. like it. It's a big WTF for me. The hardest thing about, I think, a lot of this list, these lists, is that um, we have to defend these ambiguous movies. You know? So, like, my number five is Synecdoche, New York. And I could put four? my number four. I'm yeah. sorry. That's a good choice. And I can put pretty much any Charlie Kaufman movie oh, yeah, you know, for sure. in this list if I want to. I'm choosing Synecdoche for number four yeah, because it's just one where it started out normal and then it goes into the most bizarre dreamlike um, environment st- stage, which is probably the best word for it, uh, that I – it's just like where, where are we – what's happening? What road are we going down? But like I, w- I was left thinking about it for days – and even though I couldn't quite, still, I still can't wrap my head around it. Um, you know, it just definitely was a you know a WTF movie for me. Yeah, let me I just let, let me try and just describe it for our listener. A theater director struggles with his work and the women in his life as he creates a life-size replica of New York City inside a warehouse as part of his new play. Now, I don't think this is completely spoiling it to say that his new play is the story of his life, but then he hires people, so he's directing it. Then he hires people to play himself in the movie. But then those people take it, his, his responsibility as the director. And so he becomes an observer. Yeah. And then 
he hires people to be that director who then become observers of the director observing him or whatever. Right. And it just turns into like this, I don't know, this time, not time warp, but this, this black hole where you just kind of, it's, 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 it's reciprocal. Everything is reciprocal coming back yeah. around. It's almost becoming endless in a way. Yeah. I don't have a resume or a picture. I've never worked as an actor. Good. Tell me why you're here. Well, I've been... I've been following you for 20 years. So I knew about this audition because I follow you. And I learned everything about you by following you. So hire me. And you'll see who you truly are. Hazel, I don't think we need to talk to anyone else. This guy has me down. I'm going to cast him right now. And then maybe you and I can get a drink. And we can try to figure out this thing between us. Why I cried. Because I've never felt about anybody the way I feel about you. And I want to fuck you until we merge into a chimera. A mythical beast with penis and vagina eternally fused. Two pairs of eyes that look only at each other. And lips never touching. And, you know, one voice that whispers to itself. It's both ingenious and confusing as hell. That's a great way to describe Synecdoche, New York. It is ingenious, but confusing and makes no sense. And that's Charlie Kaufman for you because he goes down these deep voids of, you know, the, the purpose of life, the meaning of your existence mm -hmm. and things like that. And in this version of, of, of what he, of how he writes, you know, he decides to go down through, I guess someone playing you and then that person playing the person being you and then that person playing the person being person being you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yes. just, it's just like, golly, man. Yeah. Like there was a bone And that's here, not like... a stretch of what Synecdoche is at right. all. Yeah. And the thing is the, the set pieces in Synecdoche are really, really cool. They are. You know, when they, when it's, when this New York environment is set up inside this warehouse, the visual, um, I guess environment that they create is stunning because it, it looks is. like shoe boxes stacked on top of each other. Like, and people are, have their lives going on in each shoe box. If you can just imagine, find like 20 shoe boxes stacked on their side with it being open and someone's life or, or apartment is inside that. That's how those scenes set up. It's so cool looking. Yeah. I would say that it's ingenious. It is, but it's also like what? And someone's playing the person being that part in almost every role. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And the whole thing starts out so simple. Really, it just does. a man living with his, his wife and his kid and in a, a small apartment. And, but he can't maintain that relationship. So he moves on to another relationship. And so a lot of the movie also is him <laughs> not being able to maintain these relationships with women while trying to define what the purpose of him, what, of what his purpose is. Right. I don't know. And it's, and we talked about uh, Synecdoche when I first saw it earlier this year. And I think we all agree that it's pretentious as hell. It is. Yeah, um, it is. But it doesn't bother me. I really liked it. It's I liked just, it a lot. It is a, it is a mind-boggling movie. It is. And it's a movie that's really hard to understand, and yet <laughs> I liked it. 
That's did really did I do choice. okay? No, that's a good. <laughs> honestly, you did a better job describing it than I would have because I haven't seen it since I originally saw it, uh-huh. and so you did a much better job. You actually did a good job rejogging some of my memory on it. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rejogging is that a thing? It is now. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, your number four favorite WTF movie of all time. We talked about this one on the last podcast too, but it's Dogtooth. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you two go at it. Hey, we found a movie Brandon hasn't seen. I Let's know. rub it in his face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no I'll, big deal. I'm not surprised. It's not a big deal he hasn't seen this. I'm messing with you. I was like, what? Rachel's what? face right now. You're going to turn on me right now? <laughs> <laughs> we never get this moment, Jacob. She was smiling at me with like, such pain in her eyes. Bask in the moment. Uh, sadly, though. It's not a good movie, uh, so you don't need Which to watch it. Which is why it. I didn't see it, because the people that, that I knew... That never was... stops you from not seeing movies. That's You've seen true. a lot of bad movies. That's true. Okay, so Dogtooth, made by the same person that did uh, Lobster, that guy that I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Yorgos Yolanthimos. Yes, that guy. And Nicely it's basically... Um, so it's... the parents trap this... The, their children in this compound, which is basically they're, they're their house. They're teenagers, which they, makes it worse. Yes. It, because they're, they're young adults, and they yes. know what's going on. They're not naive like kids are, right. but yet they are. Because they've never been exposed to the outside world. You um, might be able to read the first couple of sentences of that. Okay, know. so IMDB has three teenagers are confined to an isolated country estate that they could very well be on another planet. The trio spend their days listening to endless homemade tapes that teach them a whole new vocabulary. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to read too much of it, but I mean that kind of sets the tone. But basically, these the parents have isolated these kids in in this house, and they tell them they can't leave until they lose their dog tooth. Right. Which we have no idea what that is. Right. For most of the movie, really weird things happen. Um, One in particular is where they teach them. Different words for objects. Yes. So a toothbrush could be called a dog. Right. You know, that, and this isn't right because I haven't seen the movie since 2009 when it came out. But like, that's just an example. They, they mix up words on purpose. Right. Um, and isn't there an, uh, there's like, so, they keep bringing in this girl to have sex with the teenage boy. She eventually doesn't want to do it. And so they have him pick one of his sisters by touching her with his eyes closed and he can pick which one he wants. It's it's icky and it's weird. See, and also and they're not allowed to leave the compound. If they leave, they can go outside in the backyard, but if they go outside of the compound or the house, they have been told by their parents that it's isn't it like bad air and that they'll die, correct? I, I thought it was something about a cat killing them. That could be it too. It's been like it's been a while. It's, it's sounds like but, I'm not the only one who hasn't seen Dogtooth. <laughs> we only watched it once because that's all it was worth. I, I didn't care much for it. You know, the critics loved it, and it's 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 not an easy watch. It's at not all. an easy watch. It gets very icky, and you do feel very secluded because it is inside the house. I didn't really think about that until I mentioned it in the last podcast. So obviously, that's intentionally yeah, done. You feel just is. as secluded as the three teenagers, who you know they they want to venture out, but you know they certainly have like the very conservative dress dresses and right. you know their clothing it's very like old school they they're naive they don't have a clue what's going on in the world but when it kind of hints at that point there like that last 30 minutes especially with the oldest daughter um she sneaks out right i was already i wasn't checked out of the movie but i just wasn't into it 
And well, I just she, couldn't figure out where it was going and, and why I was still watching it because it didn't seem like it had any direction. And then it ends on an ambiguous ending. Yeah, yeah. So it's very WTF and it's very it's gross also, feeling. It's and also it's, in Spanish. It is also in Spanish. So, <laughs> so um, that, kind of, that also, I don't know, you, you're, you're paying attention to the dialogue, but at the same time, like it's a lot of work, both reading subtitles and keeping up with this crazy story. Trying to figure out WTF's going on. So Dogtooth, don't see it, but WTF. <laughs> That's my summary of Dogtooth. Brandon, you're number four. My number four, I don't know if either of you guys have seen this one. It's a movie by a guy who does a lot of weird stuff, Todd Salons. I never know if I'm saying that right or not. He did Probably Welcome not. to the Doghouse, uh, or Dollhouse, I'm sorry, Welcome to the Dollhouse, and Storytelling, and Palindromes. Uh, this movie is called Happiness. Have you guys seen Happiness? No. This is a movie starring uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, John Lovitz, Jane Addams, Dylan Baker, Laura Flynn Boyle. It came out in 1998. I wanted to watch this because of Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I also know it's a very hard watch. It's a very, very, very hard watch. Um, the This director style is taking kind of mundane normal people, normal activities, and kind of showing the dark or gross side of of, of things in, in normal life. Think American Beauty, if it was really gross and even more messed up, <laughs> uh, without any sliver of kind of hope or... or hmm. Like, imagine if a, if a dirty, nasty pedophile made American Beauty. Um, wow. I really want to watch this now. <laughs> this is all I'm going to say because I don't want to ruin the movie for you. It's it's a few different stories and they're kind of all interconnected. And it's a well-made movie and it got great reviews. And I see why. And it's considered a comedy drama, but it's definitely a dark, 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 dark comedy drama. I'm just going to tell you two things. At one point, Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of plays a loser character who's kind of gross. Gets a crush on a girl. At some point... He has a hotel room next to hers and is trying to make it happen. But basically it shows a masturbation scene. And all you see is the, the climax of his masturbation. And it kind of shows it hitting the wall. And like him, like somebody comes in and he's trying to make sure they don't see the, the jizz on the walls. Uh, and then... You know, those things that just kind of happen in real life. Just so those gross. mundane yeah, things that happen in real It's necessary to put in movies. Yeah. And then the other thing I'm going to say is this, and this does kind of, but to, to show you why this is a WTF movie for me, Dylan Baker plays a pedophile, and we spend some time with him. Anyways, uh, Dylan Baker's son's son has a sleepover, and come to find out that Dylan Baker rapes one of the friends that's there. The son finds out. He's probably 10 or 11 years old. He finds out about what his dad did to his friend, and his dad's trying to explain it. It's like, well, that's how I feel, and I had a lot of affection for him, and and that's you know that's the kind of things that I do or whatever. And the son is like, well, you would never do that to me, would you, Dad? And Dylan Baker looks at him and says, no. I would just jerk off thinking about you. Ugh. Dude, it is... It was one of the hardest watches I've ever had. I uh, I just looked at the rating. It's NC seventeen. If that says anything. Oh, I didn't even realize. I forgot about that. Yeah. It is. It is hard to watch, dude. It is like 
It's nasty. It's I mean, there are funny bits, but it is a hard, hard WTF movie to watch. Cool. Yeah. I'll never forget I figured that. This, I figured this list would be a little bit of a downer in some points. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I bet almost every movie outside of Return to Oz are going to be really high up on critics' lists. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Jacob, your number three WTF movie. Well, I mentioned Charlie Hoffman. at My number four is Synecdoche, New York. He's definitely at my number three at being John Malkovich. Oh, uh, yeah. See, some, a lot about these ambiguous movies or these WTF movies for me is I love most of them. And I love being John Malkovich because I'm a huge Charlie Kaufman fan anyway. How long has it been since you all seen this movie? Once when, when it, it came uh, out? Probably about a year. Yeah. Probably about when it came out. See, like to me, this isn't an, an ambiguous movie. This is just a w- way out there kind of movie. The idea is... You've got John Cusack, who is a puppeteer. He's obsessed with being a puppeteer. That's all he wants to do. He wants to make a living out of being a puppeteer. In the meantime, he works in this office where the floor goes, it's like probably four feet high. So he works in this environment, in this, in this you know, mid-level hallway, finds a secret door that leads to John Malkovich's brain, where he can be the ultimate right. puppet master, in which he controls the, the literal John Malkovich actor's you know, movement, you know, body throughout his life and his everyday whatever. So you've got a lot of cameos in this movie mm-hmm. that are around John Malkovich. It is the strangest. Oh, and also Cameron Diaz in one of her most unattractive roles. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but For actually, sure. I love that, though, when people, yeah, kind so of, do I. you know, actually yeah. act. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a Spike Jones uh, movie. Which Spike Jones, you teamed up with Charlie Kaufman, usually like pretty the, great like results. Weird plus weird, yeah, equals uh, good. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just the idea, the concept behind the movie is just so far out there, but it's not one that will confuse the hell out of you. It's just a mind-boggling trip, is what it is. I love it. I love being yeah. John. Mack it is a huge W. And the entire movie. time, you're like, "What the fuck is going yeah. on?" Yeah, I'm sorry, but it yeah. just is. And I love that John Malkovich is in it and played along and with all so things. open-minded to it. Yeah. And the scene where it's like the ultimate, like Malkovich, 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 uh, Malkovich, Malkovich, Ma- yeah. Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah. It's just is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? It was amazing this time. That was no simulation! Oh I know, I'm sorry. I, such an honor. I have been to the dark side. I have such seen a world that no man should see. Really, for most people, it was a rather pleasant experience. I mean... That portal is mine, and it must be sealed forever for the love of God. Fuck me. Malcolm, sir, with all due respect, I discovered that portal. I mean... It's my livelihood, do you understand? It's my head, Schwartz. It's my head. I will see you in court. So, I mean, I could just never, I wish I could, I could never think of something that out there. Charlie Kaufman is so unique. Yeah. It is. So unique. He's so bizarre, but in a really good way. Right. Really unique, fun way. Rachel, you're number three WTF movie of all time. Rubber. (laughs) Yeah. I saw this movie on a list. I never heard of it. Oh my uh, gosh! Don't watch it. Start, okay, it's a movie about a group of people watching a quote-unquote movie of a tire with supernatural powers. Okay, that was the impression I got. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, it's uh, and it starts off 
pretty funny, actually. Yeah, the premise is like, oh, this could be pretty funny. It's a comedy fantasy horror. And it probably yeah. is funny for like the first 20, maybe 30 minutes because the tire is becoming like self-aware. Yeah. And gets up and decides, it realizes it can roll around and then yeah. it discovers that it can like make things blow up. Yeah. With its tire brain. <laughs> For no reason, really, the whole movie is just this tire and these people standing in the desert just watching this tire yes. and saying they're watching a movie. It it makes no freaking sense. Does the it's, tire speak? No. no. It's literally no. just a tire. Like, they just filmed a tire rolling around. Yeah. Not bad at all. Well, let me see. This is the first time in my life I identify with a tire. Stop, Dad. Give me that. Yeah, her ass is not that great, but I understand. You are hard to please. It is fine with me. Her ass isn't that great, but she has quite a rack on her. You think the tire's going to get laid? <laughs> I'd like to see that. What position do you think? I think she'll start with a good blowjob. Oh, uh, yeah. Jeez, you think you're going to shut up sometimes and let us watch in peace? I can't stand it. Come on, can't you take a little joke? Yeah, there's plenty of space. Go somewhere else if we're bothering you. Well, you should be the ones to move if you want to laugh so loud, don't you think? You know what? Why don't you just do like that cripple and put on your Walkman and listen to music and then we won't bother you anymore? Okay, it's not a Walkman. It's a medical gizmo. Come on, let's just forget it. Brats. It's, that's it's the whole a one thing. joke movie that's funny for... It would have been great as a short. Yes. Or like a Saturday yes. Live skit. Uh, like like That's five minutes if they would have made it like a ten five to ten probably a ten minute movie short like if it was name it'd probably be Oscar nominated if it was ten minutes long it's an hour but, and twenty minutes but it's an hour and twenty minutes <laughs> and long. it feels way longer than yeah that. just because it, it's it's one joke stretched out that Sounds entire time just absolutely miserable I. I really thought I was going to like it 10 minutes into it. And oh, then 30 we were minutes all, into it, I was like, The whole group we were watching it with thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And then it just got worse and worse. And then a couple and of the dudes halfway like, through it just left. Yep. yep. Are, they, are they trying to make a statement or make fun of something? No, in there's no you know? deeper nope. meaning to it. Nope. I don't think that there is. Uh, but, I mean, we were it's talking about by how Quentin Dupois. <laughs> we're talking about how they get great reviews. It's it's at a sixty seven percent, which is absurd for a movie where a tire just rolls around. Yeah. Well, on IMDb, it's uh, fifty nine, so maybe that make you feel a little bit better. That's closer. Yeah. It's it's not a good movie, but WTF? Who's like, let's make an entire feature length film about a tire that rolls around and blows things up, that and let's not terrible. explain anything yeah. about it at all. That as it sounds. That yes. sounds. Plus, it looks like it's in a really boring environment. Yeah, it's in the it desert. Is. Nothing to look at. It's in a desert. Yeah. Well, I can't say anything. I haven't seen it. But from what the clips I did, it was like, wait, what? No, you don't need to watch it. Okay. I don't want to. <laughs> My number three WTF movie is one that I think, just because I know that Rachel's seen it too, I think this might show up again. It's Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I have not seen this. We've talked about that, though. I talked about it because I liked it so much. Yeah, this you're a was, huge fan. I'm a big movie fan. It ended up being like my top five of that year. This is the if if you're to say Brandon, what is the movie that you had the biggest 180 about? Like your biggest difference of opinion right after you watched it to like the next day, it would be Enemy. After I watched it, I was just WTF mode. What? What was that? <laughs> what just happened? F you to the writer and director. 
I don't know what I just watched. Now, I was fascinated and interested the whole time. That's the it's deal with this. It's a well-made movie. I'll just say that it's my number two. Oh, okay. It was the second thing that I thought of, and it, the first two that I can't were just obvious choices to me. And I was really interested in the movie, and I was like, it's going, like, this is slow, but it's going somewhere. I yeah. know it's going somewhere, and I'm invested, and I'm interested in the payoff. And then the payoff is just like, what? Yes. Why did you do that to yes. me? You were making a perfectly good movie, yep. and then he completely screwed everything up at yep. the end yep. in like the last five seconds of the movie. Yes. And it, and it wasn't just that last five seconds that pissed you off. And the whole movie's WTF because it, it's my it is, and twisting. But it's and really interesting. It's really interesting, but you don't know what's going on, but you think it's going to be explained. But then the ending happens, and it's such a big WTF. And I think that general audiences, you put 100 people in this room, 99 of them are going to be like, I hate this movie. Zero out well, of 10. Well, we were kind of like that. Yeah. but, but Not we a zero out of 10. But, but Yeah. But then I watched a YouTube video with somebody theorized on what it all meant, and it made so much more sense. And this video has kind of gone viral with all the people that are like, it's been passed around and passed around. Uh, it, if you watch this YouTube video that explains basically what happened it all makes perfect sense it's all more metaphor look the deal with the lobster is you know it's symbolic and it's allegory and it's metaphorical when you're watching enemy you think it's a pretty linear clear story that's just kind of a typical mystery type movie but you don't know that it's actually being soaked in metaphor as well right once i came to that realization started putting all the pieces together i've felt that it was brilliant it's a really smart movie yeah so you need to see enemy well the message. i mean it's, i'd see it the director is dennis villanueva the same director as prisoners incendies and sicario which i really like prisoners right and you know, sicario was fine i thought a little it was overrated, well made. but it was well made yeah for sure yeah and I've, I've and i haven't heard from just you that it was a it was a good movie right but i've heard also i've also heard mixed opinions about it yeah for sure i would love for you to watch it just to see what you think and we could talk about it uh, Jacob, your number two WTF movie of all time. It's Mulholland Drive. Nice. Yeah. I, I was kind of holding back when you were talking about okay. it because I wanted to jump in on a couple points that I disagreed with, actually. Um, I thought the first half of the movie was a little bit more direct. We didn't really mention that Naomi Watts is the main character in it. Did you? I don't think you did. I just talked about how it was hot when she got it on with that other chick. That's true. <laughs> she was the so good in this movie. That's the first time I've ever noticed her as an actress. And honestly, I mean, Mulholland Drive came out in 2001, so I'm not really sure how much, how many movies that she did that she was It was really a breakout well role. Yeah. So yeah, that's okay. There yeah. you go. Breakout role for Naomi Watts. And the scene where she, like, honestly, I thought she was really corny and kind of blonde. And I think that's how she was supposed to be portrayed early on but when she does that scene with the old man in the when they well in the in the casting audition mm-hmm. uh, is that the same thing yes <laughs> I, I think it is anyway i was like whoa whoa what, like what's going on here because she goes from this kind of annoying character to like someone who i am like kind of into all of a sudden right you're playing a dangerous game here if you're trying to blackmail me, it's not going to work. You know what I want. It's not that difficult. Get out. Get out before I call my dad. 
be the end of everything. What about you? What do your dad think about you? what you said from the beginning. If I tell them what happened, they'll arrest you and put you in jail. So get out of here before... Before what? Now then we then we go down the rabbit the uh, rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah, you're right. And, the first the first part of it is more And direct. it turns into her relationship with someone who has um amnesia and you're trying to figure out that story. Yeah. You know, it and then it becomes it, it, it just gradually is less direct and less direct and less direct. And then it turns into a complete dream. Yes. Which is then I am on your side. Yes. As far as you just kind of killed a somewhat interesting movie and turned yeah. it into what you just said, throw shit on the wall and see if it sticks. Yes, Especially exactly. that stuff with the guy behind the dumpster and oh the random guy where that shows up. I don't want to get back into all that again, but yeah. I definitely have to point out that Naomi Watts is so good in this movie. She is. And yeah, when the two jicks get it on, it was like, heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Win. <laughs> yeah. I've only seen Mulholland Drive once, but I've seen that scene like eight or nine times. You know what's crazy <laughs> is that, you know, I, I saw, I've only seen it once too, but I own it. I uh-huh. saw it. I I saw it wherever I saw it at. Then I saw it at uh, Blockbuster for five bucks. So I bought it on impulse. Right. I was like, oh, cool. I got that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I this never, before the internet, never folks. watched it again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I had to give Naomi props. Uh, Naomi Watts props. She was so good. Yeah, she was. Uh, and, you know, I like Mulholland Drive okay, but I get very frustrated by the second half of it. That's how I am. I, it's such a frustrating movie. And the love for it pisses me off. Rachel, your number two. Oh, your number two is Enemy. Enemy. Brandon, your number two. Hey, my <laughs> number two. I have a feeling I could be wrong. We all watched this movie together. Jacob kind of discovered this movie and introduced it to both Rachel and myself. WTF, bro. I, I wouldn't be surprised know. if it's both of your. What are we on? Number two. I wouldn't be shocked if it's both your number one. It's my number one. It is Holy also Motors. my number one. Okay, so let's all Holy talk Motors, a- baby. Holy Motors. Let's all talk about it. That's the movie that I watched this weekend. I assumed it oh, was, actually. I wrote four actually. pages worth of notes on it. Four typed pages of notes Did on it. Are you movie. serious? Yes. Did it ever make any sense? Yes. And, 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 and this all is my third time to watch the movie, though. You need to like post that somewhere. It could go semi-viral or something. It's mostly just jotted notes, but oh. I definitely realize how to make some sense of that movie. But go ahead. I want you to talk about it first. Listen. <laughs> how, do you, how do you explain it? So, yeah, we... like I don't even know. Uh, Here. I, yeah. Just read the first sentence. Of that. Here's the first part of it. We see a few seconds of a black and white silent art film. There is a dark movie theater. Whoa, film. whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. That's too, that's too, yeah. too much. Oh, here we go. go. From dawn to dusk, a few hours in the shadowy life of a mystic man named Monsieur Oscar. That's much better. Yeah. That's, that's it? That's all. Yeah. But. That's it. That's it. 
Yeah, I pretty much I all I got from the movie. <laughs> WTF? This movie here. I'll let, since Jacob's the expert, let's Rachel and I'll just say a little bit about it. But listen, I guess Jacob figured out what it all meant. I thought that there are some great images in this movie. I thought there were some great, fascinating scenes in this movie. I thought that the acting was cool, like was was well done. The shots were great. Um, and I was on pins and needles interested in it the whole way and fascinated by it. Yeah. But it didn't make a lick of sense. And I specifically remember the, the scene where Homeboy <laughs> was sitting next to... Eva Green, Eva uh, Mendez. Eva Mendez. That was so freaking weird. That's man. probably the shot of the movie. Yeah, it's just. Well, he's butt naked and he's got a he's got a boner. Yeah, he's butt naked and he's got a boner. And he's laying on her lap. It is so. And let me tell you this: the director does not hold back on showing it. No, no. And nor no. is it nor is it a quick edit. No, no at all. It's... And it... go ahead. I honestly felt like it was a movie. I'm glad I watched it. I liked it. I think I gave it a pretty good rating because I was so fascinated by it. Jacob says he figured out what it meant. I think it's one of those that direct. I I thought it was a David Lynch's thing, like just come up with some weird, crazy ideas and just put it all into a movie, a potpourri of weird ideas. It's the biggest WTF movie to ever WTF <laughs> I mean, did you it, excuse me did you like it at all? I did okay I weirdly did that's the strange thing about Holy Motors right it, it yeah, is the strange a- thing about it's it was really entertaining but I don't know what the hell happened not even a little bit some guy wakes up walks into like a, a door and then he's in a movie theater and then we see this other character and he's getting to a limousine and then he's doing like stop motion video. None of it makes any sense. It feels like Brandon said they just took a bunch of ideas. They threw it together and called it a movie. And then we're like, Hey, if you don't get what this means, then you're just not smart enough to get it. Well, I but wondered, it was really entertaining. I wondered how much of the visual that y'all remember, because all right, when I watched it, which Holy Motors came out in 2009, is that right? 2012. So and it's been three years since we've seen it, I'm pretty sure. And there were some visuals I remembered. Clearly one is the guy in the green outfit. Yeah. But anyway, I was wondering how much y'all remembered, especially I'm glad that you said that, the opening scene where a man wakes up in a bed. Mm-hmm. He goes over to a wall where there's a hidden door. He unlocks it with a key in it, a key built into his finger onto a, where it's a balcony of a theater where you have an audience overlooking a black and white film. Then you see a baby run up the aisle. And then the camera cuts over to the aisle where a black dog is walking very slowly towards the camera through this this theater. But when you shows the audience, it, you never see anyone's faces. You just see that there that there are people facing a theater, even though your back's turned from the screen. Yeah. And it's like okay. And then boom, Rachel said it. We cut to a man who's waking up, like the same man, but he looks different. Um, waking up at a house, leaving, saying goodbye to the kids, getting in a limousine, and starting his day. So that's the beginning of the movie, right? The idea is that this guy, he has nine appointments that day and he has to fill these nine appointments. Uh, well, what we know in the beginning is that he has, you know, he has these nine appointments. And what we learned throughout the movie is that each appointment is like a completely different life. Not only is it like the first one where he's an old lady, he, he dresses as an old lady and he just begs. He stands on the sidewalk and he just begs for money. Appointments over, gets back in the car. The second appointment, he gets into 
uh, like all spandex with the stop motion, you know, catcher yeah. balls all mm. over him. And actually, that's a really cool scene. He goes in and he does three things. He uh, does martial arts. Then he does like running on a treadmill with a machine gun while screaming. And they have like this background images of, you know, it's just very te- techno- technological. And then it goes into that crazy erotic sex scene with where it turns into digitally behind them on a screen, like of yeah. these serpent demons making love. I mean, it's just like, what the, what, what so the fuck's weird. going yeah. on? The the third scene is I'm trying to okay the third scene's the crazy the crazy man where he comes out of the uh, sewers goes into a graveyard finds even Mendez he bites off a girl's finger uh, <laughs> like there's blood everywhere they go back down into the sewers in this cave where he dresses her up like she's like you know because she's doing this picture shoot beauty 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 just insane and then we go even further where he has the doppelganger scene there's a really cool one where he just meets with a bunch of um accordion the accordion band player yeah, that's yeah. Like a real quick five yeah, minute one that's right uh there is a scene where there's the the most dramatic scene is where he picks up this girl who's his daughter yeah and uh, they just drive around talking about hey you can do better don't be down on yourself yeah and, like he's really hard on her because she's hard on herself right so it's talking about like insecurities or whatever it's a very dramatic scene uh, and you know, and the sun's going down. Like really, by the third or fourth appointment, the sun's down. So everything's at nighttime at this point. And uh, so a couple other ones are, oh, where he jumps out of the limo, shoots himself sitting on a sidewalk. You know, so he jumps out of the limo and he's wearing like a red, um, like a ski mask wrapped in barbed right. wire, and he runs up to this man at a you know a sidewalk cafe who happens to be himself dressed up you know, in a suit with blonde hair, shoots him, whatever. But the thing is that he gets like shot in the face in that scene. And then they drag him back in the limo and he's reborn again, appointment over. Like there are several, not a lot, but there's a couple of times in this movie, the doppelganger one, that's where he sees himself. The guy's fully like facial hair. Right. He cuts his hair, shaves his beard off and then lays next to him. And it's the exact same person. And then he, but like the guy stabs him in the neck and like he's on his like a deathbed trying to get back to the limo. And then, you know, the limo driver grabs him, pulls him back in the limo and he's back to his next appointment. So what I and there's probably a couple of things I'm missing as far as his appointments, but you get the gist of it. The last one is the most the craziest one, but I have an idea of what it is now. But the most important scenes of this movie that I realized are when he's in the limo. There's a scene where a man just shows up in the limo after he does the the kind of crazy green character guy. 
And he says, hey, we're all having a really good time watching you, but you look like you're kind of down lately. What's up with that? And he's like, well, the people, you know, I'm just trying to do what the people want to see. Like those are the most important conversations, whether he's having it with the limo driver right. or when that man shows up. When he, when he runs into Kylie Minogue, um, which that's not an appointment, but they have a musical scene together, which that. really she's the one who sings. He just kind of follows right. her around. And she's like, hey, I got an appointment coming up. Because what happens is his limo crashes into her limo. And they get out. They walk up this like three-story kind of rundown mall. She sings about like um, what it was lost. Who were we when we were when we, who we were? And um, the idea is after that scene's over, she's like, "Hey, you know," I, or he's like, "I gotta go because I don't want this this next appointment to see me. I don't want he shouldn't see me here." It's like they're playing scenes in other people's lives, or no, no, no. It's like they're playing scenes by a higher contractor, or they're just playing these scenes for. Anyone that will watch where we choose to watch the nine appointments for his limo specifically, but someone else could be watching the nine appointments for Kali Minog. You know, um, there's little things like that. I mean, that is cool. And when I get back to like the, the theater part, the theater is dead. Like there are times when he's, when he has a conversation with this old man in the limo, it's like, it's just not how it used to be, you know? So it's a little bit of a suggestion on either just, I think acting or where do actors go? Right. But then it even more so could just be what entertains people in general. If you think about how do you give it a genre on this movie? I mean, it's definitely drama, but there's comedy, there's horror, there's, there's a musical aspect to it. There's certainly tech, technology we have with, you have the stop motion scene. And uh, so it's also like, what's entertaining us. So we're going to give you nine different genres right. and which one do you like the best? Yeah. And so when you go back to the opening scene in that movie where he comes out and he's looking over the theater at all the audience watching the screen, it's almost like they're watching the movie of his life. And that's kind of what I can kind of grasp it, bring it all back together. That was kind of a running theme that I noticed when I was taking these notes. But again, if you watch this movie, the most important scenes to take away are in the limo because really all that other stuff is just a scene that he's acting out for your entertainment. When you hit the very end of the movie where, you know, she drops him off at the last appointment, which it's, he says, okay, you know, I can't think of her name, the, the limo driver, but he says, okay, good night, goes in this house and it's and his day's over with, he's staying the night there until his next appointment the following right. morning. So then we follow the limo driver back to Holy Motors where they're all, where all these limousines are stored. Right. Cause the limos obviously act as a holy higher, they're higher than us kind of right. character. And, you know, limo driver gets out. And gosh, I wish I had my notes on me because now the limo, this is the weirdest part. The limos all have a conversation with each other uh, through their <laughs> brake lights. So, you know, clearly someone's yeah, sitting in the all cars talking, the and they're tapping scene. on the, on the brakes yeah. while they're talking. So it's like, you know, lights flashing. It's like, no, no, you be quiet. You be quiet. And someone just makes a, another commentary about the, inter the entertainment of man. And that's really all it is. I mean, it's a pretty simple concept in a most ambiguous movie. Yeah. Truly a, a WTF movie. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, I'm glad you all said that you really were fascinated by all the just strange scenes that are in it. Oh, it's... It, it's so weird. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I mean, I I like the movie. I, does that... I, but, I really but, enjoyed watching it, yeah. but I don't have any idea what yeah, happened. Right. Does that maybe make a little bit of sense? Yeah. It does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It actually kind of makes me want to rewatch it. I'll say that. Yeah. So, it yeah. gives me some hope that it actually does mean something. All I'm saying is if you cut out every single one of those acting scenes and only watched... It would probably be probably 10 minutes total of the whole movie. Yeah. It's really easy to miss these really important conversations. Right. 
And for a listener, look, this is a French film, so it's going to be in subtitles. But I think that helps in trying to understand the scenes with Kylie Minogue and the, the conversations with he has with the limo driver or the man that shows up in the limo or at the very end where all the limousines are talking to each other right. parked in the garage. Well, I wish I would have made it my number one since uh, it would have been... Since I just talked for ten one. minutes straight about it. Well, no, just because, well, no, just because it would have been a good grand finale yeah. if we would have, it was my number. But two. But now we got to hear Brandon's number one. Wah, wah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious that Holy Motors have been number one. My number one is Hasu, otherwise known as House. House. We That's must how they say. House. Oh this no. Is, yeah, different one. <laughs> this is uh, was a Japanese movie from 1977. I'm just gonna read. I found a little bit online. That talks about how weird it was. And here's just a summary. This, this is better than what I could have done. So I'm just going to read this summary of what makes it weird. This is a quote. A more apt question would be, what doesn't make it weird? Rife with images of flying heads, murderous furniture, laughing watermelons, an invisible wind machine, and a truly demonic kitty, the film's, the film's surrealist atmosphere and ever-shifting sp- styles from live action and animation are as hilarious as they are inscrutable. There is no way to get a handle on Hasu. The viewer is completely at the director's bizarre whims. Yep. That says exactly all you need. It is hilarious, and it's actually listed I as a comedy. Really liked it. Fantasy horror. Really it is, like how. It is. How, a, how do you spell it? Because it's uh, not coming H A U S U. Okay. Uh, S U. Uh, it's just I, it it it. It is so bizarre, so weird, acid trip, WTF movie, but it's likable because it's so it's full fun. of energy and it's fun. A like, piano eats a guy, man. Yeah. And like the body parts were like flying. Yeah. It was amazing. They're attacking schoolgirls, I think, if I remember. Oh, yeah. Right, the it main, is. They are schoolgirls. School little Japanese schoolgirls. So and, a schoolgirl and her six classmates travel to her aunt's country yeah. home, which tries to devour the girls in bizarre ways. Yep. That's the same yep. movie? Yep. Okay. Same movie. <laughs> yeah. So the, it's 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 worth a watch, and I think that you should watch it. What's up, bud? Hey, what's up? Leave that. Okay. Rachel's roommates. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I need to run really quick because uh, they're waiting on me to open it. Oh, sorry, uh, Jacob, cut this out. Uh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. Um, uh, house. House. So, yes, watch Hasu slash house. And it is time for our honorable mentions. I'm actually going to go first because uh, I'm going to let you guys finish up the show because i got to run. I just want to mention, besides the ones that we've already mentioned, Donnie Darko, another movie on my honorable mention that is Mine so too. bizarre, but people love. So I actually cool. did like it. I think it's I so actually, cool. The wormhole um, stuff is awesome. Yeah, I actually like the movie a lot, but it's so weird. I also have Rubber Down. I have The Skin I Live In. Yep. Uh, oh, I forgot to put which that Which is an insanely good movie, but also a bizarre movie. Oh, yeah. And I can't not mention Audition. We've talked about it before, <laughs> but it's still <laughs> such a big WTF horror movie. <laughs> and the last one I'll mention is a Harmony Korean movie called Gummo. Um, Harmony Korine is just a weirdo anyways and all I'll say is there's a scene where a kid's in a bathroom with a piece of bacon taped to the wall of the shower and he's in some dirty bath water he's eating his food and he takes off the strip of bacon and eats it it is so bizarre <laughs> and weird uh, but it's a huge WTF 
Jacob, your honorable mentions. I'll try and get through some of these pretty quickly, but I do have Charlie Kaufman here again with Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind and Adaptation. Uh, for Eternal Sunshine especially, because it's one of my most favorite movies of all time. Right. I mean, when the car first comes crashing down, when their relationship's kind of over or when he's reminiscing on it, I mean, it was just like, wait, what's happening? And then we go into that whole world of the reverse, uh, you know, erasing your brain stuff. I mean, it was so unique. And, and a lot of that also goes to um, Michel Gondry and how he directed it. But such a cool, cool movie. Uh, adaptation as well because it's basically Charlie Kaufman putting himself in his own movie yeah. with a twin brother nonetheless played by Nicolas Cage playing both roles and you have like Nicolas Cage playing Charlie Kaufman and then Nicolas Cage playing like this crazy outgoing wild you know twin brother who always gets his way kind of thing right but it was also a really fascinating movie of course there's a whole other side of the movie about how do you write a movie about flowers which that deals with Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper just a really bizarre but awesome movie um, I have a Clockwork Orange and 2001 A Space Odyssey. 2001 basically because of the monolith. There's a lot there. It's just like, what? It's just way above my level of thinking. Um, Clockwork Orange just because it's set in, you know. It's WTF. Futuristic for sure. and, and just bizarre. Especially and just for, penises for everywhere. So many penises yeah. and boobs everywhere. Without a doubt. If Brandon, Brandon had to go, but if you were here, all I'm going to say is in Magnolia, the scene with William H. Macy, the scene that comes right after... William H. Macy is climbing up the ladders. I will never forget me sitting up and going, what the heck is going on? So we told this to you a couple of times, Rach. It's know, really, really cool. It's just, it's just really like, whoa, it's cool. Um, Alice in Wonderland, 1951, Disney. Yeah, I that's mean, legit. Yeah, it's based off of a book. But, but I mean, it, that whole story is WTF. You know, I Alice know in Wonderland is just a WTF Tim story. Tim Burton might be trying, but he's just basically butchering that that story yeah he needs to leave it alone just for anyone who wants who's curious in it don't doesn't want to read the book just watch the the disney cartoon it's great it It is it is but it's It's very wtf that's a good choice um this is the end the 19 the 2013 comedy with james franco (laughs) i really like this is the end oh i thought it was awesome it was one of the best comedies in like recent years (laughs) i love that movie so much of it it's like wow guys are we really going here because you know it's written by (laughs) evan goldberg and seth rogan and they're writing their own. They're writing themselves in the movies as themselves of act, yeah. as, as actors, as I guess human beings. And yeah, they're kind of a little bit extreme versions of themselves. James Franco. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, oh, and especially someone like um, Michael, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah was one of my favorite parts. He's not in it for a very long time, but he was one of my favorite parts of that whole movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The coked out Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's yeah. more of a drug trip movie. It is a drug trip movie, but, but still WTF. Too still much. Qualifies. Because you know, this is 1998 where Johnny Depp was at his hottest. But for a lot of fans, they were probably thinking they were going to see a Johnny Depp movie, where instead they were going to see uh, basically a pretty famous book uh, written by Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. You know, so it, but still pretty fascinating. And I guess a shout out to Terry Gilliam who directed it because he did all the uh, whole Oh, and it's a beautiful movie too. Yeah, it is. It is done really well. Um, so, uh, Monty Python is all the Terry and Gilliam, Terry Gilliam movies. I wrote down for either you or Brandon to talk about because I've never seen Eraserhead or Videodrome. Um, Brandon and I talked about Eraserhead. Neither one of us have seen it actually, oh, but really? it is. I mean, it's just known as one of the biggest DTF movies. So again, D- that's, DTF. That's <laughs> <laughs> WTF. <laughs> and again, that's David Lynch. Um, and then I don't know anything about it. How about Video Dream? Have you seen it? Nope. Yeah. Come on. Come on, bro. Well, I don't know. You, you <laughs> all do like those kind of out there movies, so you That's never true. know. 
And video drum is David Cronenberg. So, you know, not like it's like an unknown director. Um, I think I'm going to leave out a cu- most of these other ones, except for Team America World Police. <laughs> Even okay. though it's a hilarious movie. Yeah. You know you're watching a bunch of puppets doing a bunch of outrageous things, whether it's sex, whether it's blowing each other up, uh, painting but hair on so the face. But it's so much fun. It's a, it's a fun WTF movie. Um, I think the first time most people saw The Matrix, they were like, wow, this is way out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole concept off, is I very... I science fiction, but this is one I really want to bring up. Yeah, the concept is really kind of trippy. Yeah. And the visual effects at the time were amazing. Oh. So that in itself was another WTF. It was a game changer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just awesome. Um, I'm leaving one last thing. Just one last thing. Okay, but I do have Fantasia... Uh, I wrote down the Tree of Life because a lot of people at one point were yeah, like, where call. are we going with this? Good call. Um, I was one of those people. Vanilla Sky, which is a remake, but you know, uh, it, the 2001 version with Tom Cruise. Right. Uh, directed by uh, Cameron Crowe. Uh, it's good. I didn't think it was great. Uh, I agree with you on that. Soundtrack was amazing because it was mostly Radiohead songs, but <laughs> you know, that's a whole other thing. Lastly, I want to bring up a TV show, and that's Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> because I think it's fair to say that entire time that sh- series was on, that every episode, doesn't matter what was happening, you could almost always, as a child, even say WTF, dude. I right? Love, I love Pee Wee's Playhouse, though. <laughs> oh, I it's love awesome. that show who so much. Didn't, who didn't but, love oh, it? Oh, we've it got a talking chair, and we've got a, and a genie that's in a box, and we've got um, yeah, and Lawrence, Bishburne, <laughs> yeah. Lawrence Fishburne Cowboy that shows up, and mm-hmm. yeah. No, I you love know, it I, though. I tried to show the opening, you know, singing the title sequence mm-hmm. to my my nieces and nephews, and they were so like their hair was blown back. They were so like, like what claymation is this? stuff. Like they were so weirded out that it wasn't a simple ABC kind of show. Yeah, and you have this, and also that it probably wasn't cartoon. You know, there was actual. You know, yeah, there was claymation stuff in there, but you know that, that you have Paul um, Paul Rubens Paul Rubens. As this outrageous character, yeah, know? and and I remember too when it came out. It's like, it's like, oh, what's where are all the cartoons at? But at the same time, I could not quit watching this show. I was obsessed with it. Oh, it was, and it's so, it was just so imaginative. Right. It, it's the kind of stuff that kids will come up with, but adults would never ever think of singing flowers or. Um, there's just so many elements and so many different things that went on inside Pee Wee's Playhouse, and I always thought it was really creative. And even as an adult, I appreciate how creative that show is. I've watched it because it's on Netflix now. It's a little more annoying than I remember it being, just because yeah, I don't yeah. like being yelled at constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, it's a really creative show. I'm glad that you mentioned Pee Wee's Playhouse. It is. Uh, and the writers on that show, well, there's quite a bit, but George McGrath is one of the big ones. Uh, there's one in particular who really it was a lot of his art concepts, mm-hmm. and there's a documentary based on him, and I'm ch- and I cannot oh. find him fast enough. Wow, I just saw Phil Hartman was a writer on it. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I can't, cannot find it fast enough. Well, I'll tell you, what, we'll I'll look for I'll look for it, and Rach, you can you can talk about yours. <laughs> um, I only had a couple because you and Brandon kind of covered a lot of them. I did want to bring up a movie called Primer. Primer's actually on my list. I oh, just chose not to talk about it. Um, Primer's such a cool movie. It's such a cool movie, and I think it's just way smarter than I am. It's a time travel movie, but it's praised for how well the time travel is thought out. When people talk about time travel, they say Primer is the best example of how it should work. Right. 
But it is confusing as fuck. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, it is. It is. Um, um I th- it, it, I, these people go into the box. They go mm-hmm. in this time machine. It's just a box. But I watched it with Brandon and his brother, and and I consider all of us pretty smart people. And we just had the hardest time wrapping our brains around exactly how it was working. We'd think we had it figured out, and then we didn't really have it figured out. Yeah, really cool. I think one of the coolest things to know about primer really is that the budget for it was seven thousand dollars yeah that's all it was another thing it's known and now it's known as one of the greatest you know sci-fi or or not sci-fi but time traveling movies out there it is it's a mind bender it is it's worth the watch let me know if you can figure it out because it is really confusing but it's really interesting too and the only other one that I had written down that nobody's brought up is the Human Centipede, because seriously, WTF. I've never seen it, but I've, I've heard seen horrendous it. things. I watched it. I did not watch the second one. It's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> um, just I don't, why? Why would you write a movie about that? Why th- was that a concept that ever even entered your brain? I think so many people were like, "We're we really going there," and they really they, went there. They really went there. <laughs> and now it looks it, like so. The first one came out in two thousand nine. They and like they've three, had like they? three sequels. Yeah. They've had two more sequels since. Yeah. And it's not, uh, thank goodness, it's not as graphic as it could have been, but it's graphic enough. The um, idea is, if anyone really doesn't know, and I don't think this is a spoiler. No. Is that the human centipede is a multitude of however many people it makes to look like a centipede who are basically their faces are sewn to the next person's butt. Yep. Whose person behind them is sewn to their butt. And whatever you can And then it was, I mean, they had the debate of like, do I, does the first person just starve themselves to death? What if somebody in the middle of the chain dies? What do you do then? You're so, all stuck together forever. That's stuff that I don't even know. So how do, how do they talk? They don't. Okay. I mean, the first person can talk. Are these people who are like kidnapped and forced in this situation? I, I believe it's one of those things where they like, their car breaks down or they get lost. They end up at this person's house and he's a mad doctor <laughs> who you know drugs them or it does something and that he ends up sewing them together and it starts with just two and then it becomes more and more and nasty yep nasty. It, it certainly is it is very disgusting nasty uh i want to say that i intentionally left off fight club the usual suspects uh inception and uh the sixth sense because those though those are very they're a different like, type of wtf they're, they're a i gotta watch that again right Right. So those will probably come up on another list one day. But for those who are out there thinking, why didn't they bring this up? Actually, even like the dream sequences in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. You know, there, I mean, there's a lot of different WTF kind movements. Of, yeah. and, and I wrote down Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Because yeah. there's certainly some stuff in that. that for really, sure. I, mean, that's I think a, it qualifies way more for this list than some of those other ones. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's basically a horror movie. God, in a but, sense. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess since Brent is not here, we have to wrap this up. Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> I'm going to leave it up to you, Jacob. Oh, darn, I was hoping you were going to do it. <laughs> um, no, that's basically it tonight. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. <laughs> we're, we're terrible. Yeah. Just, that's hey, it. Yeah, thanks Tell for, us thanks for your listening. WTF movies. <laughs> Bye.